Hey there, on this May 30, 2021, it's EDB here, that's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long, and I believe you connect to this because you're ready for our Sunday meditation on this Memorial Day weekend, which will begin in just a few moments. Well, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning to all. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we are rejoicing, and we are glad in it. Lord God, we thank you. We praise you. Grace is loving. Father, our God, in who we put our trust, we worship you and adore you. You're so loving. You're so kind. You everything that the word said that you would be to us and much, much more words in the English and any other dialect or translation cannot express who you really are. That's why we praise you because every time we think of a word, it's not, it does not meet the expectation of who you are. You're such a greatness. Your greatness supersedes anything that we have ever seen, ever heard of. You're such God. And we thank you because you are our God. You're just, you're not their God. You're not his God. Or you're not just her God, but you are our God. You told the disciples when they was considering how to pray, you said, when you pray, master, master teachers here, you said, tell them and recite our Father. Thank you for being our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed would be. Holy is your name. Worship and glorious is your name, mighty God. Some call you wonderful. Some call you counselor. Some call you prince of peace. Some call you everlasting father. Some just call you Elohim, Yahweh, Yahshua, Jesus. Lord God, we call you who you are. Some might need you to be a battle axe. Some might need you to be a heart fixer. Some might need you this morning as a healer. But God, we thank you for who you are. To us, you everything you said you would be. You are the great I am. And Father, we thank you because you said, tell them who sent you that I am. And I thank you, you gave us a blank check to put in the blank whatever we need you to be and when we need you to be. We thank you, Lord, for that. We glorify you, Lord God. We had enough common sense this morning when we got up to say, thank you. Thank you for the blood that's warm in our veins. Thank you for the ability to see, to hear, to smell, to taste, to touch, and to realize who you are. Yes, you are. You are a great God, and we worship you. 
And we praise you, Lord. We come this morning on this time. We come to uh, meditate on your goodness and your mercy. We come to meditate on your worthiness and all that you've done. And we praise you for that. You're a great God. We thank you because now we can come. We can join our faith together with our sisters and our brothers. And whatever we need, you, hallelujah, declare that you will answer us because you said if we had two or three that will come together in your name, you will be in the midst of us. Thank you for being in the midst of us between here and there and there and here, God, you are there. We thank you. We praise you, Lord God. We got up this morning and some of us had some concerns on our mind of how our children may be, the welfare of our grandchildren. We may have some concerns on our hearts of this living parent situation that we in, not knowing what tomorrow may bring, Lord. Somebody may not. Lord God, they thank you for a three-day weekend because, Lord, they facing some trouble on Tuesday. But, Father, we thank you but because even now, two days later, you'll still be God and you'll, you'll work it out. You'll work it out. Yes, you will. I say you'll work it out. And, God, we're dependent upon you. You're a great God. We've seen you before, how you taken little and you made it much. You increased. You stretched it beyond its, its limitations, Lord God, and you supplied our needs. Oh, some of us still living off that corner in the barrel that has never ran out. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord God, because you are our great provider. And now, Lord, we come and we stand in agreement with the, the cares and the troubles and the problems of our sisters and our brothers this morning. We lift you up, Lord God. Somebody is going to need you this morning. All of us need you. It's just depending on what we need, Lord God. But we know whatever the need is, you are the great supplier. And we thank you, Lord. We come this morning, God, we don't want anything to be in the way of what you're trying to say and what you're trying to do in our lives. And Lord God, we bring our souls and we bring our, our, our ourselves to you now. We kneel at your feet, Lord. We say, that there is anything in our life that it shouldn't be, God, that we did aware or unaware. We thank you for your precious blood that cleanses and washes us from all of our sins and our iniquities. God, we lay them at your feet, Lord God, habits and hang-ups. And, and Lord God, we just place them at your feet, those struggles, Lord God, that we keep on struggling with. God, we lay it at your feet this morning. And Lord, we leave it there. We turn our back and we walk away from you. We lift it up our hands and say, thank you, Lord, you could have took us in the midst of whatever, but thank you, you allowed us to make it through and make it over, and we thank you. Lord God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity to come and to pray for our neighbors, to pray for those who live in our neighborhoods. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for praying, allowing us to pray, God, not only those who are in our neighborhoods that need you. Lord God, there's some households, Lord God, that need you real bad. Lord God, and we just pray, God, that you will bless them, Lord God, that you will come and intervene. They have the potential to be real bad, Lord God, but you have the, but you have the last 
and final say so. God, you could turn it around. And God, you could make it a house of peace. You could make it a house of joy. You could even make it a house of refuge for your glory. God, you could turn it into a revival center and cause the whole community, Lord God, to Lord God is to, to, to say well, look in amazement of what you've done. Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for that. Father, we continue to pray, Lord God, for all of the neighborhoods and our governments and our local government and the government leaders and those who are running for office. Lord God, we just pray, Lord God, that you would give us the right candidate. Show us who to vote for. Give us, Lord God, a mind and a willingness to go and do our civil duty as we are occupants in this earth, Lord God, to go to our civil duty and, and vote and put our ballot into who you elite us to to, uh, uh, to vote for according to the righteousness of who you are. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the ability to be in a country where we can vote, where we do have a voice and that we do have a right to open up our mouths and, and have a face. So we thank you, Lord God, for that. Uh, but not putting us in a place where we got to be silent, that the women got to be silent, and the, and even the children got to be silent. No, we thank you for the voices of your people talking up and standing up for righteousness and standing up for what is right. We thank you for that, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for our government, our state, our, our state government. We pray for our governor. We pray for our senators and our House of Representatives and our President of the United States and his cabinet, we just lift them all up, Lord God, as they stand behind those closed doors and those those doors, Lord God, where they have to make decisions. We pray, God, that they make good, wholesome decisions that are that is based upon uh, your glorification of all that is being done in the earth. Father, we pray, Lord God, for those who are are, are, are standing there, Lord God, to represent you, Lord God. And we pray, God, that they represent you with the mind of you. Lord, we thank you. Lord God, we thank you for this day, this weekend, as we celebrate uh, Memorial Day here in this United States of America, honoring those who have gone on that has put their life out there for the sake of this nation. And, Father, we just thank you for those, Lord God, that have literally got their legs blown out and their heart, their chest blown out to pieces. Lord God, just to stand, Lord God, that we may have this right today. In 2021, there's no war. But, Lord God, because of what they did years ago, we have this freedom today. And we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for the mightiness of those men, the strength of those men and women that have given their lives, Lord God. And, and we do memorialize them, Lord God, today. And we re- remember them and all of the, their families that was left here to, to, Lord God, to deal with the pain of their loved ones being gone. And we just pray, Lord God, for those who are still dealing with grief, they're still dealing with, Lord God, all the anxiety that goes along with it, or those 
those who have gone on before them. And, Lord, we appreciate that, Lord God. We know, Lord, we know in every war there's going to be casualties and there's going to be loss, Lord God. And, Father, it, it just is what it is. And we thank you, Lord God, for the strength of those who are in our military, even today, that are standing and, and, and not knowing what their tomorrow may bring, Lord God. And we just continue to pray and lift them up, the men and women, Lord God, that stand faithfully, Lord God, that have taken the oath for this country and taken the oath, Lord God, even before you, Lord God, said that we are here to protect and to preserve, uh, protect and serve, Lord God. And Father, we thank you for those living, those living uh, veterans, Lord God, that are still here now. Some are fighting for their lives in so many ways. So they're living and dealing with post-war syndrome, and, and they're living with hopelessness, and they're dealing with all kind of mental and physical conditions, Lord. And God, we just lift them up before you, Lord God, and we ask that you just to just to shine your light upon them and, and God give them what they need, Lord God. Touch their hearts, touch their minds. Allow them to have the medical support that they need in Jesus' name. And Lord God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord God, for those who are in the army of the Lord. And we thank you, Lord God, for their fighting, their, their their stance in you as they come and live before you each and every day. Now, Lord, bless this service. Lord, God, bless the preacher. God, pray. we pray this morning that you are blessed and anoint him afresh and give us a word that is timely. Lord, God, that, that, that will shake the earth, Lord God, in Jesus' name. We thank you for this time. And we, Lord God, call it blessed. We have first virtual, call it blessed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I am free. Praise the Lord. I'm free. No longer bound. No more chains holding me. My soul is resting. It's just a blessing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, I'm free. At this time, maybe it's something that I, you want to pray for and you want to bring before the Lord now that we didn't mention it. We can use this time a moment of meditation for that. Let's just meditate. No longer bound, no more chains holding me. My soul is resting, it's just a blessing. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, I'm free, amen. 
Well, good morning, First Virtual, and to all of you that have joined us this morning, good morning, good morning. Any guests, any friends, and the relatives that have come and joined us this morning in this blessed day for this blessed service at this blessed time to heard the blessed word from the blessed man of God. We thank you for taking the opportunity to join us on this Memorial Day weekend to hear what the Lord has said, want to say to us and to join into fellowship. Well, the Bible says how good and how pleasant it is that we could dwell, they come together, fellowship together, and that's what we are doing this morning. So we welcome all of you this morning on the behalf of our pastor and first lady, Reverend Dr. Uh, Eric Barrick, and all of the hosts and family, friends, we just thank you for joining us this morning. I'm pretty sure if you came, you will get a, you're going to get a blessing. As always, I hope you got your coffee in a good place because we don't want you to spill it, but we want you to sip on it every now and then. And we want you to drink it all. Don't spill it all. Amen. God bless you, you all. Amen. Brother Dennis. Yes, 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 Brother Bruce. How are you this morning? Thank you. For I'm, doing, I'm doing well, your, sir. Thanks. Great prayer as usual. We're all blessed by that and uplifts us and prepares our minds and our hearts for what uh, what we'll hear the rest of the day and, and hopefully what we'll do. Thank you for that. When, uh, we, we thank God for you. So, yes, good sir. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Is everybody alive and well? I hope so. Uh, it's a little gloomy t- today. You know, it's okay. It's okay. You know, we have to remember that uh, the gloom is uh, still still uh, okay. Uh, the Lord is still here, and, and God is still present. So no matter what uh, the rain, we do need the rain, so, uh, you know, my grass won't die, <laughs> and the neighbors won't give me a hard time. But uh, it's all in God's hands. You know, this past week I was, uh, as I was pre- trying to prepare, uh, it's kind of all over the place because, uh, you know, tomorrow's a special day, and that's... Uh, uh, of remembrance, and uh, uh, we're going to have a special uh, uh, a special day. We're going to uh, do a special service for that, and uh, you know I'm looking forward to it. But um, you know, sometimes when you went to uh, um, when you went to bed last night, did you have trouble falling asleep? Did you toss and turn? And, and then when you finally uh, went to sleep, you woke up this morning nice and refreshed. You know, sometimes we have troubles, and sometimes, you know, we need to take those troubles to uh, to our God, and we need to pray to God and, and uh, uh, get, turn it over to Him, because, um, uh, you know, there is none like Him. There is no other like Him, and we have to remember that. Um, you know, uh, in, uh, and we're going to look at Psalms um, 62, the, the first verse, just short and sweet, and and it it tells me and it, it, it reminds me of, of who God is and, and and what He does for us, and it just plain and simple. My my soul finds rest in God alone. Wow, you know, uh, and and my salvation comes from Him. So God gives us rest. You know, when we have troubles, what do we do? We take them to God. When we have anxieties, what do we do? Take them to God. 
when we need help, what do we do? We go find God. We go talk to God. At least I do. And I, my prayer is that you also do the same thing, you know. And 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 we know that his salvation comes from him. The death of his son on the cross gave us the, uh, eternal life and, and salvation. So we, we find solitude we find definitely rest in that you know it, it when uh, when I lay down at night and, and and sometimes you know you lay there and you say well you can count sheep you can um, you know build a house you can tear a house down you can mop the floors whatever you want to think about you know to just to, whatever makes your mind nice and, uh, and put your mind at ease but the best thing I've always felt is if I talk to God I, I find that rest. I find that peace. And, and and what I'll do is just just focus on what God did for me that day. Uh, yesterday I had great conversation with neighbors, and, and uh, that that gave me that gave me rest. That gave me peace. That I know that I was able to talk to my neighbors about about things that could trouble them. And, and things that they have gone through in their lives, and and, and knowing that they, you know, they said, Dennis, we know we have a problem. We can come to you, and you'll help us solve it. And, and that makes me feel good because I know who solves my problems, and I want them to understand that God gives us rest when we ask Him and we talk to Him, and and we just bear our soul to Him. He'll give us rest. He'll take care of us. He'll give us the physical rest we need. And definitely give us the mental rest. And he offers us that salvation. That salvation that, you know, I, I can't you know, describe it. I, I'm sure y'all y'all know that. You know, what God gives us. What did, what did we do for him that we deserve this? Right? What did we do for God? that we deserve his salvation. If you think about that, do we give him enough? Do we offer him enough? We are told to offer our bodies as living sacrifices to God, just as Jesus offered his body for living sacrifice to us. That's strong. That's strong. But he does give us the rest that we need. He, he, he restores our souls. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, thank you for that. Thank you for our salvation. Lord, you know, it, it, you know, I cannot repay him more than he's already paid me. And, and hopefully you all feel that way, too. He has given us something that nobody else can give us. Nobody else can offer us, no matter how much, how much money we may say, okay, we got this, I'll vote for you. Can you give me this if I vote for you? You know, God don't ask us to vote for him. God don't ask us to pay him for what he gave to us. God asks ask just us to be, be his, to turn our life over to him and be a beacon in this dark world for who? For God and for his son. And I thank him for that every day. And my soul does find rest in God. And we thank him for our salvation. Amen and amen.
Well, good morning. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, y'all up this morning. Oh, I'm I'm a little ecstatic. I thought the club would have kept y'all a little bit longer. Oh, I guess you're not that up. You don't really like the reference. That's all right. I understand. You ain't gonna tell nobody where you were last night. Well, good morning to you and all of your signs. Good morning. Ma- Mama Bell always likes to talk to me. Mama Bell, go ahead and put your fingers in the water. And we're going to get ready to hear her play this morning. So, oh, okay. so nice. I'm sure she has a wonderful piece for us. And uh, while she's playing, if you can do me a favor, you can just kind of think about all the things that we've heard from uh, the prayer booth this morning to to Brother Dennis and just kind of think about somebody, everybody. You know, I found something, and I'm going to talk about this in a few minutes, but I found that one and three and that is very arguable, according to many statistics. But one in three families have some connection to the military. One in three. And many argue that by the year 2049, there will be no families on planet Earth that has not in some ways been impacted by war. Not one. So while Mama Bell is playing, if you can think about whether it's your husband, your grandchildren, your grandmama, your mama, your cousin, your aunt, somebody that has been a victim of war, would you think about them and pray for them. Pray for their loved ones that are surviving. Pray for yourself. You still got stuff in you. You don't know it yet. We'll talk about it in a minute. Would you do that while Mama Bell is playing? Okay.
Praise the Lord. Beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful. Amen. God be the glory. Beautiful. First Samuel chapter thirty verse one through six. First Samuel chapter thirty. Verse 1 through 6. I'm going to say it again for those who get you. Don't give me time to get it. First Samuel. Chapter 30. Verse 1. Through six, I would tell you make me some pancakes, but I think I'm gonna get some anyway. First Samuel chapter thirty, verse one through six reads: David and his men arrived in Ziglag on the third day. The Amalekites had raided the camp and attacked and burned Ziglag. They also had kidnapped the women and everyone in it from the youngest to the oldest. They had killed no one but had carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men arrived at the town, they found it burned. Their wives, sons, and daughters had been kidnapped. David and the troops with him wept loudly until they no longer had strength. David himself lost two wives who had been kidnapped. David found himself in a difficult position because the troops talked about stoning him for they were all very bitter over the loss of their sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. I was reading a commentary book on this particular subject. And that book was very pointly takes the scriptures and various scriptures rather and puts them into little context if you will kind of like our daily bread those little devotionals that have those uh, daily moments of meditation you probably have heard of them this is another one uh, of its kind and it took this scripture and compiled it together and on the top of it it just said WTF now, for those of you who don't know what that means, I'm going to tell you in the parking lot. 
And I'm going to get to why I said that in a minute, but that's why I want you to think about how David felt at this moment in time. He just sat there and said, WTF. Now, our kind Father and our Lord, we ask you for this, well, we thank you for this moment of opportunity. We ask you that even in our discussion thus far that we would hear clearly what it is that is necessary for this discussion. We ask that all things will present it, are presented clearly and in a way that helps us to evolve, to understand, and most importantly, to respond that we your spiritual jurors may do what we have been created and all those who agree with that prayer respond with a howdy amen 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 I firmly believe I will not leave here without being shot or injured first. And it seems no one gives a crap besides us grunts in the bush. You people live in the world, don't know what's happening because the army won't let you know. As long as the death count is reasonable, say under 40 a week, It's really hell, man. I saw an operation after a company had been hit by our own artillery. Four dead. Everyone was injured. Most just slightly, but it was sickening. They carried the dead by a rope hanging from a helicopter. Then threw them on a truck like they were sacks of meat. The fourth one was still alive when he cameoed in. He was in the copter and died a while later. He had no right leg at all. And seeing it just turned me to jelly. Man and guys just sitting around crying really shakes you up and for no reason at all. For no reason at all. That was a letter from Thomas F. Kingsley. He wrote that in January of 1971, and just two months later, he died. When you think about this time of celebration, this Memorial Day, if you'll allow me the opportunity, please, to consider this from my own personal thought, because I must be the first to admit I have not really paid much attention to this holiday. 
As a matter of fact, it was not until I connected with the other side of the tracks that I even really thought that holidays like this was significant. I remember growing up of the classical Pentecostal movement, uh, for some reason did not give such days like this credence. I find it fascinating that we didn't, seeing as about 95% of our constituency were serving. And yet we never thought about it. There was never really a Memorial Day service down at the St. Andrews or the Bundle Word of Life or the Corner Store, Church of God. Or you name the Reformation, you've been there. There weren't many Sundays where our boys and girls showed up in their uniforms and we flew the flag. Most of the time, we didn't even know that the Star Spangled Banner existed. Not alone sung it. There's never discussion. There's never thought. What are the effects of war? Has anybody ever thought about what is going through the minds of these persons? What are their families dealing with? We just looked at them as drunks, sex addicts, potheads and crackheads. But what if that was the only way they knew how to medicate their pain? I saw my friend just dangling from a helicopter, tied by his arms, held by his breastplate, and just dangling and dropped on a truck like a sack of meat. How does one see that in return normal? How does one watch their best friend shot down out of a sky and return normal? How do you shout and dance over those nightmares? It was never discussed. It was swept under the rug. I remember as a little boy, Please, and I hope you'll allow me this moment of personal privilege. My grandmother would ask me to clean my room. I cleaned my room very good. I made sure that the floors were spotless, that the dresses was clean, that you saw nothing as long as you didn't lift the bedspread. Don't look under that bed. Because that's where I threw everything I didn't want to deal with, under the bed. And I thought about that. You look at our veterans, some of them, and they're spotless. 
the shoes are shined, the suits are properly pressed and hemmed with precision. Their Cadillacs are clean and their drywalls and rims are black and sparkly. But if you ever lift their proverbial bedspread, what is hiding under there? I looked at a couple of things that intrigued me while I was considering this piece of business by which we're discussing. I looked at what the effects of war just does to a society, not alone the individuals that are directly impacted. When you think about World War II, you've heard that a lot here in the last some odd months. During World War II, some 60 million people died. 20 million soldiers and 40 million civilians. You've heard this morning casualties of war. Over in Europe and Germany, states were reduced by 30%. The Swedish army alone may have destroyed up to 2,000 of Germany's important places, 18,000 villages and 1,500 towns, one-third of Germany's communities were wiped out. The effects of war. The Soviet Union lost 27 million people. I hope somebody got a calculator here to see this death toll. About half of World War II's casualties. The largest number of civilian deaths in a single city was 1.2 million. That's as if somebody came and wiped Philadelphia off the map. Eight hundred and seventy two dead in a single day. Based on the eighteen sixty census figures, eight percent of all Americans thirteen to fifty died in the American Civil War. Anybody add all that up? Some argue in the 240-year history of this nation, some 7 billion people. That is literally the population currently of this nation, of this world, excuse me, 7 billion. 
Seven billion people, give or take a few, have been affected or died because of war. There was one psychologist who argued that the life cycle is seemingly purged at the hands of war. And yet nobody had a discussion. Nobody talked about it. I personally didn't even give the military a thought until about 1999. And even then, my thoughts of the military was very, very negative. All that I knew was that a black man went to the military because he couldn't get a job. He needed the government to take care of him. That was where you went to get your benefits, went to get your education. But at what cost? It was a four-year degree. At what cost was benefits? Yes, you get a good deal on paper. But now... 16% of our veterans are still waiting for a COVID test because the vets are backed up. Many of us are completed, have the COVID-19 behind us, and some veterans are still waiting to be seen by their doctor. And yet nobody had a discussion. Mental illness was taboo. They were just demon-possessed. Nobody thought maybe something was mentally wrong. Maybe the devil was not at fault. Maybe these folks just needed a helping hand. But not one discussion. Oh, there were many barbecues. There were many parties. The percolator rang loud. The clubs were wall to wall, but let's not forget about the 50% off at the mattress warehouse. The TVs, they went down 200 bucks, but nobody discussed. What exactly happened on the battlefield? No one cares because they won't let you care, said Mr. Thomas. If they really knew what was going on out here, nobody would be able to deal. And why? And why? I've been shooting 
and other 18-year-olds. I'm just 19 and a quarter myself. Forgive me for counting in quarters, but literally when you think about my life, that's literally how I think of it. It was upon a time when I looked towards my 21st birthday because I could officially get my drink, but I've already had it now because I don't feel I'll make it. I'm shooting at them. They are shooting at me. And when the dust is settled and the smoke is clear, nobody really knows why. We took up arms at all. Ask around. Why are we fighting? We're just following orders, we're told. Command said we should, we're told. Nobody really knows. The only thing that we know, many of us came and many of us won't return. And no discussion. Those who went over to the Vietnam War returned to spits in their face. Why? All we were doing was following orders. And we were persecuted by our own people. We just came here for the GI Bill. for the benefits and the job security. Why are we leaving? I was told when I signed my name on the dotted line that this would be a better way for me, and yet I'm worse off than I was when I got here. Why? Why not one discussion? I can't answer that question. Because if I could, I would like to believe I would have done something a long time ago. But sadly, I didn't think about it. Oh, we thought about revivals thought about youth explosions and ushers' anniversaries, thought about the choir meetings and handing out of the tracks, even thought about making the food baskets, but nobody discussed what was going through these fine folks' minds. As a matter of fact, I don't even know if I truly knew who walked through the aisles, who sat in the pews of the Mount Olive 
United Holy Church. I can't even tell you how many of those folks really had some connection to war because it was never discussed. Yes, they were the one now that I think about it, but the reality of that is they were just over the top with it, which is another problem that nobody thought about. Sometimes we overcompensate for our deficiencies. There are those who hide in the corner, and then there are those who scream loud, hoping to not get discovered, hoping that it overshadows the noise. That is on repeat within their soul. Our Vietnam people, they went over and did a job and then came back like David and Ziglag and realized that their personal lives had been burned to the ground. And nobody said a mumbling word. And why? Why not? I'm still thinking, how would the world have looked if people like me, who was sitting in an ROTC classroom in 1999, and we were having discussions about preparing the next generation for military service. Even then, we didn't talk about it. You were prepared to be battle harder. You were told to shield yourself, cover yourself. Don't let nobody know. Don't let them see you sweat. There was a song they used to sing down at the then abundant word of life, United Holy Church. Lord, you know I'm only human. These men were extraordinary. These women sang. They defied the acts of humanism. They found a way to move in things that most would quit. And they persevered. And they still walk our streets, some of them holding on to the string of sanity. Yes, they get their 10% down at the Waffle House. Thank you for that. They're 25% off the mortgage. Yes, that's good too. But what about the underlining thoughts? And I know it's a struggle. It's a hard piece of business. Brother Dennis and I have talked about it a lot. It's hard to break these people out of their shell. How do you break somebody out who's been told and been beaten to be locked in there? It's like a turtle that's already retreated. You're not going to get them out at all. 
It's difficult. You wonder why they won't come to church. How can they? It's a faith that's derived off surrender. We never surrender. How on one side you tell me never surrender, and on the other side you say surrender all. It does not compute. I'm only human. And even in my extraordinary acts, that human doesn't work beyond a certain level. There was this gentleman who sat down with his psychologist. She was considered to be a super liberal. That's what he referred to her as, partially because he listened mostly to Fox News. I must confess to you in this moment of candor that sometimes I looked at psychologists a little funny. I felt that psychiatrists was very important, but psychologists, who needs them? This gentleman felt the same way about his psychologist as he was recommended to him by his doctor. He had spent a couple of tours in Afghanistan, you see, Iraq before that. He was on his way out. He came in at the Gulf War and seen a few things. The mental health community had now, as they would say, got oath to the effects of war and decided to be more proactive and called this young man in. He sat down and the psychologist said, we want to deal with your problems. The young man said, I got no problems. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't run women. I got my money secured. I'm in church every time it opens. He said, stop right there. The gentleman became frustrated immediately because he knew where this was going, as I just told you. He watched Fox News. Fox News, he, he knew about the super liberals. They, they hated church. Oh, you're getting ready to attack my church, he says. I see how this is. He said, no, I want to talk to you for a second about it. You see, this gentleman did not smoke, no. He did not drink, no. He did not run women, no. But he still went home. He still had no time for his family. He lived at the church, and the psychologist asked, could that be your medication? The man looked at her and said, what do you mean? I'm just serving God. The psychologist asked, you're serving God, 
but are you allowing God to serve you? What? God does not serve me. I bow at his command. I do what he says. I am at his will. He has to do nothing for me. And the psychologist calmly said, what is a religion that cannot help you? What is a God that cannot encourage you? And more importantly, what is a family that has survived war only to see their family member live in a shell? The psychologist realized that she might need to consider other methods because she was pushing a hot button with this gentleman, and her focus was not to attack church, but rather to get him to see a few things. So she called his pastor. And it just so happened that even though this is a more conservative church, the pastor had a little liberal sympathy and agreed to the meeting. The pastor and the psychologist had a few sessions over a cup of tea at the local Starbucks, and they strategized and they thought. The pastor left those meetings not just focused on this one gentleman, but he realized something that even he hadn't thought of. How many people in my church, he said, are struggling like this young man? How many of them live in our churches because they can't bear to be around their families? And he had a Bible study, a closed-door meeting. You see, his missions pastor happened to be an ex-admiral in the Army and or in the Navy, should I say, excuse me, and he could make some connections to kind of force these people in. And because these folks had veterans' abilities, a veteran status, and they needed certain medications, they could work out a few deals to force these guys into this meeting. And they hammered out the issues, and they hammered out the situations until they got to the root of the matter. Oh, we found it. We understand now. The pastor exclaimed at his next meeting with the psychologist as he was so happy and she was so happy because they had both come to an understanding. They knew what was wrong. These individuals, decided to hang around church because if they got too close to their families, they were scared they would love them and realize they'd lose them. 
so they stayed away. One argued, I don't want my family to go through this again. I got by on the hair, my chinny, chin, chin, and if I have to go again, it would devastate them as it has me. So if I'm not there, they will miss me when I'm gone. And that's why I hang around here. It's like I'm on the battlefield. I'm doing my humanitarian duty. I'm feeding the homeless. I'm clothing the naked. I'm providing community service, constituent services, if you will. I'm doing what I would have done out there, and I can be just as distant as I was out there. In the continual meetings, they found the other side of that coin. As I mentioned, this young man, he didn't run, he didn't chew, he didn't hang out with those who do, but then there are those who are part of that community. Why do you run women, brother? Well, they have no face. They have no name, many of them, and if by the time they get too close, I'm gone. No strings attached. I don't want relationship. All I want, sex, sex, sex. It's a precursor to war. The night before, meet us down at the bar. Get liquored up and go home and make love to your wife because it may be the last time you have either. And when you come back, repeat the process because it's how you medicate your pain. The bitterness of the bourbon distracts the pain of the soul. Drinky, all of it. Nobody had that discussion. Nobody thought about it. And maybe it's because we had so much going on, we didn't have time to. I'm not blaming anybody because if I do, I'd have to take blame myself because I didn't think of it either. Oh, and I got into college, and we was over there at the First Baptist Norfolk, and we would get there at these types of Sundays. You would have somewhere in the service, the choir would sing the, the theme of every branch, and every time they would get to the branches, those service members would stand, the Marines, the Navy, the Air Force, the Army, The Coast Guard, let's not forget about the the Space Force now. You know, that's a thing. And you would see them stand and you would clap your hands. It was so good. And you would walk up to them, thank you for your service. 
For beyond that, we went on about our day and not one thought. We love Memorial Day because the papers come out, you see, with the good sales. I was looking for that patio furniture. I can now get it 35% off. It's reduced until Monday only. Thank you, Mr. Serviceman, for making sure that my patio furniture was at a price I wanted to pay. I appreciate you for that. That's how good you, that's just what good you ought to be. I thank you, Mr. Serviceman, because you know what? I didn't want to work anyway, and now I got this whole day off. I thank you, Mr. Serviceman. That's what you're worth to me. I thank you. I'm going to get liquored up and not remember a thing. I thank you for that opportunity, Mr. Serviceman. Not one discussion. So I think as I bring my time together to a close, I ask you to consider something with me, if you will. Brother Paul over there in Colossians, he made a request. He talked about the Christian life over there in Colossians chapter 3. But before he got to the Christian life portion of his conversation, he talked about the life of a new man. I thought that was very interesting because when you think about these persons who have suffered or experienced is a good way to say it, experience the battlefield, the the roads of war, when you think about it, when they come back, when they return, they are now forced to have to re-enter society. There's been arguments that there's two groups of people who struggle with re-entry, and that's prisoners and service persons. How do you go from being told to living in a democracy, living in the free world? You have to take on a new form. Brother Paul said not just for those persons, but for all. What if you set your mind on things above, not on the earthly things? What if you didn't medicate your pain with the clean cars and the freshly tailored suits? What if the Jack Daniels and the bourbon, the Marlboro Lights? I know that's hard to discuss, and I'm not trying to tell you to consider it in one whisk, but just think about it. Maybe a mental shift might do the trick. But before we just sit here and hammer on them about how to operate in their new life, 
we go down to verse 12 of chapter 3 in Colossians. That was chapter 3, verse 2 I was just focusing on. But if you go down yonder, just going down into chapter, verse 12, it says, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and most importantly, patience. These fine folks need patience. They have a lot to get over. They have a lot to get through. And it won't happen overnight. And it certainly won't happen without kindness, without love. They're used to being yelled at. That's not going to work. You can't beat it out of them. They've been beating the battlefields and and the prison of war camp. That's not going to work. No, it's the opposite. Love and patience. Though I speak with the tongues of men of angels and have not love, I am nothing. And the final thing, and Grandmama's going to pray. I'm finished. It's 8 o'clock. There was one soldier who stood up at a testimony service, and he had volunteered to lead a commission of military persons into this moment of mental recovery, and he was so excited and so ecstatic and so clear-headed, and, and this was one of those persons who had seen not only World War II but Korea and Vietnam at the time. And he stood up, and he helped those people through their struggles. And he said, how do you do it? He said, you know what? He said, I've seen the lightning flash, and I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt windbreakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice of my Savior. He bid me still fight on. And if there's one thing I hope that you learn from our moment together is that he promised never, never to leave me. But to leave me alone. Mama, grandmama. Most gracious and all-wise Father, we just thank you for your word. God, help us to remember this word. Help us to be kind, compassionate. Help us, dear God, to be patient and loving one another. Help us to realize, dear God, what our sisters and our brothers is going through. And help us, dear God, to pray and to take the time out to encourage them. Take that time out, oh God, to let them know they're still somebody. Let them know, God, you was with them in the midst of the situation, and you brought them back here. And help us, oh God, to let our speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that we may know how we ought to answer every man. God, they're lonely. They're looking for help. 
They don't know how to ask for it, God. But God, give us hearts and and eyes and, and a mind to see their hurt, see their disappointment. Help us to be them shining lights for them, dear God. God, we lift them up. We lift up our service men, our service women. We lift them all up today, God. And we're asking you for your mercy and your kindness, God. Through us, God, help us to help them. We just thank you this morning, God. We praise you this morning, God, for all you have done and all you're doing and all you're going to do. Help us to remember, God, it's all about you. Oh, God, we just thank you, we praise you, and we love you. Help us, oh, God. Oh, God, we need your help. They need your help, God. And you are the only answer to the man's request. You the answer to them. Look on that service man, God, that service woman that's commit that think about committing suicide. We bind it right now. We plead the blood against it and let them know, God, that you love them and that you care about them. We put it all in your hands today, and we say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Have a I'll great see you tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. Amen. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Six forty-five tomorrow morning. Yes. We're gonna have our communion. Yes. All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless. God bless. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Amen.